in my last podcast, I covered what I look for when it comes to entry-level positions. And that podcast was admittedly a little bit lean, um, kind of uh, short and sweet um, for the very reason that it's been a long time since I was really involved in regularly hiring entry-level employees. Um, But also my expectations were just really never that high. Um, So it's hard to kind of go into detail for a topic that I don't really know if there's that much to say. Um, Also, the type of roles I hired for were usually just, you know, um, software engineer, intern, business analyst. They were never roles that were very skill heavy. I do know that Currently, there are a lot of entry-level roles that, first of all, are saying one to three years of experience, which I think is ridiculous. And um, people are, you know, people have been exposing a lot of trends to me, which is, um, you know, people are being giving assessments for coding for their first software development, you know, job or even internships. They have to do assessments. They have to go through, um, you know, take-home projects. They have to code in real time. So with that information, um, I do stand by the questions I ask for entry-level roles. I recognize that the way the industry has moved, um, you will not find a lot of people who approach entry-level uh, in, you know, interviews the way I do. Uh, it seems a lot more co- companies are making people um, show a lot more skill set, but I think that my approach is probably the most correct approach. It might be a tad outdated, but if you focus on your soft skills, if you focus on showing that you're coachable, um, I think just that alone will get you pretty far um, into some good conversations with employers. And outside of software data heavy jobs, Uh, I think a lot of what I said still applies, but for the more uh, STEM-heavy roles, um, the information I provided in the last podcast might be a tad outdated. But with that said, I will be going into how I interview for uh, mid-level management roles. This is more relevant um, to a lot of the people I see benefiting from from this platform, from this channel. Um, just because I, I engage mainly with people at the VP, C-level, director level, um, or even mid-level management, uh, I don't interact with a lot of people who are um, at the entry level. So man, many of the people who hear about this podcast are probably going to be people who are uh, mid-level or upper management. Um, so I'm sure that they will find you know, some value in uh, the interview questions I ask. So with that said, I will hop to it. When it comes to, um, when it comes to, you know, interviewing for middle management, middle management being, you know, project manager, program manager, product manager, um, you know, head of IT, uh, you know, customer success manager, things like that. Anything that with manager in the title or, or sometimes head um, in the title, like head of you know, PMO, um, possibly director. I do try to reserve that title for the upper level, but you know, some of this will apply to director or even uh, global manager level, regional 
uh, regional manager, stuff like that. Um, when it comes to this level, my questions are a little bit tougher versus entry level um, because what I'm looking for is different, right? I'm not just looking for someone who can kind of do the job. I'm looking for uh, something more than just, you know, the entry level individual contributor. So one question I like to ask is, you know, tell us a time you had a difficult coworker and how did you deal with it? The reason I like to ask this of people who are trying to get into management is because how you engage with your coworkers is a pretty good predictor for, first of all, it'll show me your emotional intelligence. It'll show me, um, you know, what level of empathy you have. It'll show me your communication style. It'll tell me what kind of manager you will be. Um, and it, it shows your maturity. Can you be trusted in a management role? When someone tells me of a conflict or issue they had with a coworker and they tell me how they confronted them and they got them fired or something or exposed them, that's a person who's going in the no pile. That's not someone I want in management for the reason that that's they need to respect the chain of command. They also need to uh, respect our procedures. Um, no company likes one peer going after the other. It doesn't matter about right, wrong. It's not appropriate. So when someone tells me, yeah, I had this issue with my coworker and I handled it this, this way and now he's gone, I, that story is not a good story, right? The good story is you saw some, uh, some strange behaviors or maybe some issues, someone possibly um, you know, not, not in compliance with, with uh, the rules or the nature of their work. Maybe they're not uh, executing the way they should. Maybe they're skipping some steps. They're not following procedure. Maybe they're um, having bad interactions with, you know, with other people and no one's reported it. You know, you have some observation. You share it with your manager. You share it with the relevant parties whose job it is to address something like this. So when someone tells me a story of how they handled it in a mature way, um, or, you know, if they uh, try to be understanding, right? Sometimes you have a difficult coworker, but if they tell me I try to cut them some slack, I try to help them out, I try to be, you know, a good, I don't want to say friend, but I, I try to be a good um, peer, you know, that is someone who instantly, they have my attention. That is someone who I can envision uh, in the management role. Among other things, this is actually a very big qualifier. You know, how do you handle uh, you know, and then again, interaction with the coworker. I also look for, um, you know, tell us about a time you had a disagreement with the boss. This is another important question for the reason that um, as you move up the ladder, you are going to deal with, you're going to deal with people who they know a little bit less than you when it comes to the day-to-day -day operations, when it comes to uh, the details of our tools, our technologies, um, you know, what, what we're working on. And you need to be prepared that as you move up, you're going to be dealing with someone who knows less than you. With that said, not to say that they are less valuable than you, their strengths are simply different than yours. So when I tell someone, you know, ask someone, tell us about a time you had a disagreement with your boss, you know, maybe over, um, you had a disagreement over how to approach a problem, right? When this person says, yeah, you know, we were doing this technical project and uh, my boss had an idea and it was a stupid idea or or they tell me how their boss was uh, maybe less educated or they knew less than them. I, I don't want to hear that. What I want to hear is your boss maybe had an outdated way of approaching a problem or they didn't have enough information 
but you had some knowledge transfer with them. You educated your boss, you provided your boss with the right resources. It's not about showing off, you know, to your boss or showing them up. Um, it's not about trying to, you know, be better than your boss, be egotistical. Those aren't what I look for. I look for someone who uh, they educate their boss um, and give them options so that their boss can make informed decisions. So when they tell me, yeah, my boss had this idea, but I went this way, and then I was eventually able to win him over, convince him that I was smarter than him or my idea was better than his. Um, you know, how you approach these things, what sort of tact you show, how you're able to negotiate or win, win your boss over um, through meaningful dialogues, through, through educating them. These, these are the sort of approaches that I like to see. Not to say that, again, you don't have to follow these answers exactly, but these should be a pretty good guide for what people look for when they want to promote someone, right? And keep in mind, your future boss might be interviewing you. And when they hear that you are, you know, saying negative things about your current boss, whether you're at the same company or another company, it doesn't matter. Um, as your future boss, they don't want to hear that you had any negative relationship with the former boss, right? Unless it's out of your control, sometimes things happen. But for the most part, we like to hear that you communicate well, you you're good with explaining options. And if you know if, a, if management is going in one direction or has an idea that you think might fail or might not be the best approach, rather than just doing your own thing or just saying no or telling them you're wrong and I'm right, you look for a meaningful dialogue that leaves everyone a little bit more educated than before. That is the second meaningful question. I then like to ask them, tell me how you have grown uh, in the role that you have, right? I don't want to ask someone, how have you grown over the years? Everyone grows, but I specifically want to know, you are in a job right now. You are looking to be promoted or move into you know, mid-level management. Um, how have you prepared yourself? Right? Have you been teaching yourself Excel and PowerPoint, you know, some of the tools we use for communicating? Do you know much about SharePoint or Confluence? Maybe you don't use it, but have you gone on YouTube to learn the interface? Because you know that we use it, we use these technologies, and you're trying to educate yourself ahead of time so that you can get caught up or you know how to use them. I like to know if someone who is interviewing for a management role has been doing some preparation or personal growth for that role. When someone tells me, well, no, I don't know, you know, I don't know how to make these, these, you know, charts. Um, I don't know how to create those, those graphs. You know, I don't know how to budget or I don't know how to do this, you know, provide these estimates. Um, if you haven't done some legwork or you haven't shown me that you see yourself in a management role or you haven't sort of uh, educated yourself in the things you need as a manager. I don't know how I can sort of buy into this belief that you deserve to be promoted to manager when you yourself aren't already making those um, making those steps. Right. That's not to say that you should ever learn something for a particular company, but knowing how to use Jira, for example, you should train yourself. There's a lot of free resources on YouTube. If an applicant tells me I've been learning Jira, that's a plus. I've been learning how to use SharePoint to maybe share information or create a dashboard, you know, so people can see 
how we're doing with timeline, how we're doing with burning through, uh, you know, the budget, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, that's something that's a plus, right? Education is never wasted, um, especially if you're learning tools that are pretty generic. And I think the last question that is sort of important, I do obviously ask maybe the technical aspects, but it's hard to kind of give that example when I don't really have a specific job in mind. Um, the last thing I'd like to ask them is just, what do you think you need to work on or how would you evaluate yourself in the lens that you know, you're looking at yourself as a possible management candidate? I'd like to see how self-aware someone is. That's not to say that someone should be self-deprecating and say, yeah, man, I'm stupid. I don't know this and that. Um, I never like when a candidate is like, you know, they kind of lack that confidence. And sometimes maybe I ask it in a certain tone that's a little challenging, right? But, you know, sometimes I phrase it that, why should we hire you, right? Why why are you management material for this enterprise, this department? Um, it's not about making the candidate kind of justify or prove themselves to me, right? The resume has already kind of spoken for them. But it's important to me that a candidate has a very good, accurate estimate of where they are. If a candidate tells me, you know, I think I'm a good fit for this role, but I could use some more training when it comes to, um, you know, estimating the budget necessary for a project. Or if they tell me, you know what, um, I should definitely learn more about effective management strategies because I feel that when you ask me those questions, I didn't quite deliver or have good examples or I didn't present the examples in my life um, the best way that I could. When I see someone who has a clear picture of who they are, that is very, very good for me because that tells me, okay, this person has no um, misunderstandings. This is not someone who... If I hire them, they're not going to clearly understand what I'm trying to tell to them because if they understand themselves accurately, um, there's not going to be any miscommunication. They're going to understand what I put out there. But if someone thinks, if they overestimate themselves and they think I'm a top-notch candidate when they're not, that tells me this is someone who overestimates and that's a problem in the workplace. Likewise, if someone underestimates themselves, underestimates their value, they're going to likewise underestimate the value of their employees. They're not going to fully appreciate initiatives. That sort of bleeds into their professional life. So how they view themselves and what weaknesses they identify uh, and how accurate it is versus, you know, my findings or those of the people on the panel, um, that goes a long way towards whether or not I want to hire this person. So this was pretty short, a little bit longer than the last podcast. And it's kind of me just going quick, quick, quick. Um, if anyone has any questions, maybe I could take a deeper dive or go into actual interviews I've had. I actually do have some um, in my emails. I actually do have some some templates from you know companies where uh, before we hire a candidate or interview a candidate, you know, we would send each other like a list of eight questions or sometimes twelve questions to ask people. Um, you know, sometimes we ask for like a real life ex a pro uh, example of this type of project. Sometimes we ask them about, you know, how they uh, handled this, this you know, situation with the customer. But for the most part, I try to focus on the core questions that regardless of the role, agnostic to the role, you know, immune to the industry or to the company or to the you know, market. Um, these are the questions that really drive whether or not I'm going to hire someone. I might ask eight other questions. I might ask 20 other questions. But 
the questions to uh, the answers to these questions that I mentioned today, um, those sort of hold the most weight. And I can tell you that a lot of hiring managers like to sort of camouflage um, the real questions by asking a lot of other questions that are sort of unrelated. And that's important to know because sometimes you'll put a lot of effort uh, into one particular question, not knowing that that question is really just there to help another question blend in. So they might ask you 20 questions and 15 or 16 of them. Um, I don't want to say they don't matter or they're a waste of time, but they might altogether not even be worth as many points as one of the questions that I mentioned. A lot of these are very good um, indicators of if someone's fit for management, if they're going to be effective, um, if they're going to fit into the culture of the company, if they're going to be effective uh, in managing employees without handholding or a lot of intervention from upper management. So hopefully this was helpful. Uh, if you have any questions, please feel free to I think there's some poll that Spotify puts under each podcast um, that should give you an opportunity to give some feedback. Um, again, happy to take a deep dive, but I don't know if that'll be necessary because I pretty much went into, uh, I think, plenty of detail and gave good rationales for the questions I like to ask, the ones I've been asking for years and have seen other people ask, um, as well as the value that they have.